I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast that's here to show you what makes a woman so delicious. And what is that? <laughs> I am so sorry, everyone. Um, from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And we want to remind you that we do have a Patreon for The Flame. It's at patreon.com slash the flame musical. We have so many high, high, high goals for this musical. And so we want to thank everyone who contributed to our pink start. We do need more funds to do a virtual live table read, fly the cast out for a launch party, maybe do a season two. I know we're thinking far ahead, but we really need support for those things. And in return for that support, you will get early access to the songs. So we already have two songs out for early access, one song by Chalina Kennedy and one by Jesse Nowak. And I think you're going to love both of them. So you can check that out at patreon.com slash the flame musical. We also have our haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor trivia. So it's going to be both combined. That's in April, April 22nd and April 25th. You can find that on our Eventbrite and our Facebook page. We will be attending Clexicon in two weekends. We will be hosting trivia on Friday and doing a flame panel on either Saturday or Sunday. We will keep you updated. We will also be attending the LGBTQ Families and Influencers Summit 
which is May 22nd and 23rd through the Pride and Joy Foundation. We will have more information about that as well in the greater Les universe. We have some sad, sad series finale news. Erp will be having their series finale this week. It is quite bittersweet. We are so grateful for the entire Winona Earp team and the representation we've truly gotten with that show. We know that whatever projects they go on to, they always have support with us and with our family. So we just want to say a thank you. And our hearts go out to all of you who are enjoying the series finale. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee, and welcome everyone to episode 16 of season four, our next installment of Les Essentials. Les Essentials is a recurring segment on the show where we dive into classic lesbian movies or TV shows. And as a reminder, we are also writing and recording an original song for each Les Essentials movie or show that we talk about. Including for today's episode, we will have a song at the end. Stick around for it. It is called Losing Control. And you know, lesbians love losing control, especially when they meet a woman, a straight woman. And for this Lessentials, a matching soul to their soul, a twin flame. And for this Lessentials, we are talking about the 2010 Nicole Kahn film, Elena Undone. Ah, oh, 2010. Good Lord. Yesterday, wasn't it? It was. I say 2010 because I feel like we have to discuss the significance of the film for the time that it was written and created. Oh, yeah. It's it, actually places, really important. it places itself so specifically in time, too, you know? Yes. yes. So let's talk about the film. What is our IMDb synopsis? Oh, here we go. IMDb synopsis for Elena Undone is as follows. Fate brings two diversely different women together and sets them on a collision course that will shatter their preconceived notions about love, life, and the power of one's soul. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. Fate. Souls. Collisions. Love. Life. I do I do just want to it's say It's like the to- intro to the L word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> loving, 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 loving. That's loving, loving <laughs> is what we all talk about. That's the part of the L word theme song we all hook on to. But I do love, like, I say, like, okay, well, let's talk about how it's in 2010. Let's talk about, I also feel like there's a lot of themes in this film that we see repeated in other films. And one of the reasons that I wanted to do this movie as a essentials rather than some other movies that that talk about these themes the the themes being like coming out later in life or falling in love completely unexpectedly and you can't control it like you're you're just viscerally in love with this person is that i do feel like elena undone does this pretty well mm-hmm. in in the context of films that that have this storyline. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. I know we're going to, we'll talk about more of the themes later, but we're going to start with a quick plot recap. And when I say quick, we'll see how quickly we (laughs) We know we say that a lot, right? I'll see how quickly we can do this. We can do this. So our film starts with Solemetry. 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 So what is Solemetry, Lee? It is a 
science question mark <laughs> a study question mark of souls. an opinion of souls <laughs> of souls i'm interested i'm like quick plot re- plot recap but let's talk what do you think about this whole thing so we start right we have telemetry we have twin flames we have the introduction of soulmates what do you think of all that, Lee? As you are saying, look, science, here's, opinion. Here's the thing. As someone who deeply believes that, like, I like had that Kelsey turning around in a room and like vision narrowing to just her experience. I also, at the same time, I'm like, oh, God, yeah, tell a bunch of lesbians that, like, passion means that that's their soulmate. Like, that's a good idea. Can't end badly. (laughs) (laughs) Valid. Well, I think, too, you can have a twin flame and not have your twin flame be the person you end Mm. up with. Like, you know, because, like, I read, I love all this, I love all this romantic, I love all this romantic bullshit. But it's <laughs> bullshit. But I do like I love. All I love this shit. It's for no, me. <laughs> I just love. I do love all of the, the idea of soulmates. I think for me, I'm I'm like you have multiple soulmates in your life, and they serve different purposes. And so I think you still can say, okay, there's a twin flame who, who is does ignite all of this passion inside of you. However, maybe that's not your healthiest long term yeah. relationship. <laughs> Are you my podcasting twin flame, Ellie? Yes, we are. In podcasting, one and one are one. Are one. (laughs) One and one are les one. No, but I, so we start with this, with this whole thing of telemetry, and that is a big theme of the film. We're talking about what it means to find your twin flame, what it, and, and I actually did listen to a little bit of the director's commentary, Nicole the director and writer Nicole Kahn's commentary and she really wanted to set this up in that way because she wanted the audience to like every time there's a new bullet point of like you know we start with your twin flame you'll meet in an unexpected way you'll yeah. feel familiar all these other things right about the twin flame she wanted the audience to hear that and also be sort of doing like a checklist of their own relationships or have you met that twin flame what would it feel like to to see that so I do think they do a pretty good job of introducing the general themes we're going through is is solemnity something that was invented for the movie is it something that existed pre the movie does it say anything in the commentary so I'm pretty sure that solemnity is a real thing and it actually was a big reason that Nicole wrote this film because you know that this is based on a real story yes well I know it's based on real things and that's I wasn't sure like how much of it because I'm assuming all of the little interim stories that they give you like all the other couple stories I was assuming those are are like real couple stories and stuff yeah so those Um, are all real couple stories and then the the main story of Elena and Peyton is the story of Nicole and Marina, who is, I'm not sure if they're still together, so I don't want to, but it's the real life story of Nicole Kahn and Marina Rice Bader. Nicole talks about how she was getting over a divorce. So in the film, we get introduced to both of these characters, right? We get introduced to Elena and we get introduced to Peyton. Mm -hmm. Peyton is Nicole Kahn and 
in real life, Nicole was getting over a divorce. That was what she was grieving, not the death of, of, of her mother. And Marina was married to a very religious conservative man. He was not a pastor, mm-hmm. but so like she, she upped the ante on some things. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty much is their story. And, she, and Nicole truly does believe they are twin flames. Interesting. And, I mean, yeah. the concept of it, I love. And because I think you're right that like they're a I like the idea that like your twin flame does not necessarily mean it's the person that is the best person for you mm-hmm. in a relationship, which I, I I find interesting. But I also think that there is there is also something to be said for like, I mean, we I think everyone has had that experience of just like meeting someone, whether it's romantic or not, where you just like feel like you've known each other yeah like feel comfortable and feel like yeah oh yeah i think they said it's everything feels new yet familiar yeah and that that. i mean that makes a lot of sense right i mean that's not yeah that's how you can feel with a lot of people that i i'm also like (laughs) maybe it's also just me i'm like I feel like I have so many soulmates in this life just because like I truly do feel like I meet a lot of people that I'm like, I feel like I have known you forever. And and I do like that idea of like platonic soulmates. I really feel like I have a lot of platonic soulmates like just. I'm sorry. What you mean is just me. I'm very special and important. Thank you. Sorry, okay. Lee. Great. <laughs> just you wow just like really like dim in my twin flame there no but there are different types of soulmates not there the are tw- the twin flame is one and there are other types of soulmates so you're my platonic twin flame which is like the ultimate you know oh so. okay great i'll take it yeah <laughs> nbd as long as i'm the ultimate one that's yes, fine the ultimate <laughs> um so we do start setting the scene in this act in the actual in the film we set the scene that elena is the pastor's wife the pastor yeah really really upped that ante they really did pastor barry pastor barry also can we talk about pastor barry for a minute (laughs) wait if we're gonna talk about how we meet pastor barry can we talk about the moment of pastor barry coming into the room and seductively asking if she's ovulating because Pastor Barry, what a moment. Pastor Barry does not have any game whatsoever. No, zero negative game. It's just, and I love how you can tell Elena's just like, wow, I am super not into this, but like, yeah, I'm ovulating. Come and get some. And she's like, please don't touch me. (laughs) Like, well, and I I think that's why I'm saying I feel like they really do such a good, such a good job of of setting us up for this because like there's this scene where it's juxtaposing her having like Elena having sex with her husband. And it's like, clearly she's like literally limp. Like she is not. It was giving me, it was hardcore flashbacks to Jenny and Tim. Yes. Like she is not moving at all. She's just like, all right. <laughs> my, let's my PTSD ha- from season one of the L word was, yes. was touched on. In also the, in that scene. later in our outline, I, I mean, we can talk about this now, but I, I needed to pull together a timeline of lesbian film and TV just because like this is so, yeah, like I said, this is so 2010. L Word came out in 2004 and mm-hmm. I do feel like there are influences of the L Word in, oh, yes. in this in a good way. I, I especially these, the sex scenes. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the sex scenes in this film. 
we will get but to. the style it's done in and the music yeah. choices and the, oh yeah very much so i can like see that this the swimming pool scene yeah like i'm yep. like all of this like elena and peyton like could be in the l word universe like i just feel like they fit yeah oh yeah yeah but you have this juxtaposition of like just so you have this painfully practical heterosexual sex scene going on um and then you also have i think like going back and forth between Peyton swimming in the pool. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, water. We've talked about rebirths before. Yes, we have. Water. We sure have. Willfully dunking yourself in a full pool of water. I see you, Peyton. Yes. Um. So I feel like it's like, it is very, the movie itself is very cinematic. Yeah. There's a lot of really interesting shots. Yeah, I like it. Um, well, and we also we get this important cultural, like historical time frame too with Millie's character, right? Millie's one of the the people at the church, and she keeps talking about like going to all of these protests. They're protesting gay marriage. They're like it's very much in this like you know like it was probably filmed like right after the whole Prop Eight thing, like. It's, yeah, it's, like, a very specific era of time that this whole story, like, kind of exists in, you know? Yes. And I think, like, yeah, oh, God, the, the like, the juxtaposition of Millie and Elena. But one of the things that I really do like about this film in that, yes, we have talked about, like, the repressed straight woman and... and the, like, established lesbian character and how sometimes that can be... A bit problematic. But one of the things I do like about this is that from the beginning, we know that Elena is not against gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Like Elena herself has her own thoughts and feelings about the LGBTQ community. Like she won't go to the protests. She will not participate in all of this anti-LGBTQ things. We even see there's the scene where they're at the party, and this is a little later in the synopsis, but it's painfully uncomfortable and also oh, beautiful. Oh, God. When she's like, oh, I, I, I love, I'm fine with it. I love gay people. I, I voted yes on Prop 8 or or no. Uh, whichever one was the good one. That's what I the did. The good one. I voted the right way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oof. <laughs> what a conversation. Uh, and I mean, there's clearly some internalized, right? There's some internalized homophobia in Elena, yeah. which is clearly why she hasn't come out at this point in her life but i do like at least that the homophobia is a lot of is mostly external elena is not like a self-hating lesbian or queer person yeah well and it's also it's interesting how they position pastor barry in all of this you know because it's like pastor barry is not the one who's like kind of coming down with like the hammer on this whole like the gays and like you know we have to pray for them and go like it's it's really millie who's the driving force in that which i also think is like an interesting choice to have not had that be the role that he plays in this you know like you can tell he kind of changes tune as he realizes some things happening in his marriage a little, but it's, yeah, it's like he's kind of always played as, like, a pretty, like, meh about the whole thing, but he has people in his congregation that he feels like he has to cater to, you know? And, I mean, to be fair, I'm like, he still is catering to them. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, I thought it was interesting that it's like, it's never played as being like something that comes strongly from like his own sense of like Morality. convictions on the issue and everything. Yeah. It's like very much like he's being prodded in that direction. You know, I just thought it was an interesting choice. Yes. Understand that. Yes. But we do meet Millie when we're setting the scene for, for Peyton's character. We also meet we also meet Wave, who there's just so many, like that's what I'm saying. There's so many pretty stereotypical lesbian mm-hmm. things in this film. But I do feel like they they are setting some interesting precedents. Like estab- like we do have established lesbians, and we also have an established lesbian who's not part of this like main ship, right? We have lesbians who are friends with other lesbians. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so we and and when I was listening to the commentary, Nicole was saying, you know, wave, which is also short for Waverly. Isn't that nice. interesting? So we got another, you know, little weird little shout out. But um, <laughs> down Nicole, the lesbian rabbit holes we go. So many rabbit holes. We but Nicole said she really wanted wave to be, you know, that voice of the lesbian community, the voice of the LGBTQ community, basically saying like, That external force that's saying, hey, like, you know, this isn't like you shouldn't be going for this straight woman. Yeah, you shouldn't. That's the big red sign that we all wish we had sometimes going alert, alert, abort mission. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you know, this probably won't end well for you. Like, do you think you should do this? And so I do think Wave plays a really important part in the film because she is that voice of reason and that like alternate perspective. So we're not getting that like, oh, like that like queer woman and straight woman. And like, you're just supposed to buy in like, this is how it is always with every gay relationship, right? Peyton has had relationships before Elena. Peyton was even married for six years. We find out and wave goes through women i don't know what she says like socks in a drawer (laughs) i also do really i i love the actress i think she does a great job she's just very she's so funny she's just so funny and then we also well we met tyler at the beginning but we get to meet tyler more in the perspective of how he is connected to everyone more so than just setting up the scene for twin flames Tyler is a funny character, too. He's like the the GBF with a wife, which I I just think is hysterical. I don't know why it cracks me up so much to, like, introduce a character that you know is, is like, playing as gay, reading as gay, talks about how he reads as gay, and is like, but here's my wife. Baha! Twin flames! So funny! <laughs> I was also crying when he was like, who would have ever thought I would be with a high-powered businesswoman? Or any woman. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. I mean, I love it. It, I just love how self-aware it is. It's like that Tyler as a character is is comic gold. Yeah. 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 And I just love that, like, he also is a sounding board. He's like he's the person who believes so truly in true love. So he is the person who can be happy for Elena when she is obviously going through a lot of, in, like, turmoil, 
about being madly in love with Peyton, but also happy about it. It's like I just I love how we're you know if we talk about Wave being the like abort abort kind of friend, I just love that they make Tyler be the kind of friend who's like I know that you're married, but your husband is like a slice of stale toast on a hot summer day. Have you considered someone better? Like, <laughs> like literally, he is so into convincing her to like fall in love with anybody else, and I'm like, this is hilarious to me. He's- he has he gives no shits about a ring on that finger. He is like. Like, nope, just, I feel someone coming into your life. <laughs> yeah, he's like, somebody, you'll finally be in love. And she's like, I've been married for 15 years. Oh my God. It is so funny. And I'm like, how long have they been friends? And how long has he been just like shitting on her marriage left and right at every opportunity? Not surprised. Not surprised. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so Tyler is a great character. Love him. So we've we've set up all of, most of our characters, I think the other two characters that we haven't talked about yet are Tori and Nash. I love them. And I love them as well. <laughs> I just love them. <laughs> They're so sweet. And it is really nice that they sort of, I do like this concept that that really runs through this film of the twin flames. And I know, Lee, like you think it might be a little cheesy. That's okay. It is cheesy. But I'm, it's not that I'm not into the cheesiness. It's just that yes. I know it. Yes, it's quite cheesy. But they, there are, they do a good job of having a lot of different types of couples. And yeah. one of those couples that we see are Tori and Nash, who we have established are twin flames who met in high school. And it's adorable. And they're, they're so, so sweet, cute. And they really do like, the acting in the film is one of, I think, its biggest strengths. Yeah. All of the actors have really great chemistry with each other. Um, Tori and Nash have great chemistry with each other. You sense this familiarity between the two of them. Well, and you sense this familiarity that, like, you buy their relationship, but they still read very much as high schoolers, which I kind of enjoy. You know, it's not like they try to cast them as, like, they're high schoolers who are wise beyond their years. Like, no, they're high schoolers who are teenagers who are just like in love and it's adorable and like are just very comfortable with each other and i like like i just like that about them plus this is like a little completely like besides the point but i also love that like elena and pastor barry both seem to just have accepted that they're like ah and this is your girlfriend who is like part of the family and like basically lives lives with them and like like, yeah i don't know they just seem like very chill about the whole situation again in a way that like i just think is a refreshing choice for like a pastor in a movie you know who's not being like bah chastity lock it down don't touch girls girls are the devil and sin ah like he's just kind of like yeah yeah. And then this is there's your girlfriend. I like it. It's, and it's I love it. It is. Tori herself is just an icon. Mm-hmm. And Tori is used to talk about this one thing that Nicole Kahn talks about. It's called sleep waking. And she talks about it in this way. What is it, a snail? I like snails are asleep for half of their lives. And she's like, imagine waking up one day and realizing you've been asleep for half your life. And you're like, Oh, foreshadowing. (laughs) Um, But I think, like, it is such an interesting plot device to use Tori as, like, talking about the themes and stuff like that. But it, and I think, like, I mean, we've had an episode, we've had episodes before talking about late bloomers. And, like, it is, it does seem like it is that, like, waking up. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, you've been, yeah. Like, I, I know that we 
have talked about, you know, is that going to have come out by the time this comes out? I think it comes out after this. It comes out right after this. Okay. And we, I think we have an episode coming up that Ellie and I have already recorded that's all all about actually kind of digging into the trope of cheating on our husbands. Uh, that comes up here as well. But I do, you know, I mean, look, we're never going to rag on, like, the concept of late bloomers. Like, this is a real story. People come out like this, you know? Yeah. And I do think that it's a really, it's a really well done version of that trope, you know? Yes. I like, I do think it is very well done. Like, yeah. And I know we are going to have an episode about this, but after watching this film again, I was thinking a bit more about that because it still does like get to me in a grating way of the cheating, of course. (laughs) Hear more of our thoughts in two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, hear more of our thoughts in two weeks. However, it's the the depth the depth to which you see the relationship between Elena and Peyton feel real, feel developed before mm. the cheating starts. I feel like there are a lot of other films where they're just like, I met this lesbian at a party once and then we hooked up in the bathroom. Oh wait, the L word. But like, like <laughs> But like, you know what I mean? Like, literally, yeah. it was like we and and of course, let's talk about Elena and Peyton meeting. Yes. When Elena, let's and- get into some of these two together because I yes. do love them. I, I love the actresses together in this movie. Like, the chemistry for these two actresses is some of the best I have seen in any film I have ever seen. I yeah. would really like go to bat for that. But yeah, I mean, we do see this attraction. This uncontrollable attraction between the two of them. They meet at the adoption center where Peyton is trying to get approved to adopt as a single mom. And Elena is trying to see if they can adopt because she's having trouble. She's having trouble conceiving. And with Pastor Barry. With Pastor Barry because... Pastor Barry. Yeah, of course. This was really interesting to me because... Nicole also said this is exactly how they met her and Marina. Awesome. At Amazing. An adoption center. And it was because Nicole was looking to adopt another preemie baby. Her son was born prematurely. And so she she had seen in the ICU all of these other babies who were born prematurely and didn't have didn't have homes to go to and she really wanted Okay, don't tell me that. I'm literally about to like drive to the hospital right now. <laughs> I know. Just give me a baby. I will take the baby home. It's okay. I know. It's very, it is very sad. But I do like I I love that that's how they meet because like I said, it feels so real. It feels deeply emotional. These are two yeah. women who have a lot of love to give, who are very maternal, who care about having a family. And they meet because they because of their deep love for having a family. And they they recognize something in each other. Right. And it feels more intimate. It feels more it feels less tawdry, let's say. Yeah. Well, and you know what else is. Yeah. What else is interesting about it? Because they meet at the adoption center and then they sort of re-meet again at at Tyler's telemetry event. What I think is interesting to me about both of those encounters, and again, which, like, you know, I think you and I both are, like, 
super hardcore like stand these actresses in this movie. I love them what so I like much. about it is what what I find interesting and what I think you don't I can't think of a lot of other instances that that do this this well is their dialogue is not overly smooth or familiar or whatever like the dialogue is written like two people who who don't who know each other met each other yeah who are meeting for the first time and especially at the solemnity thing who are having that super awkward discussion being like i think gays are a-okay haha and it, and it is awkward right like the dialogue itself yes. like what is being said is that that kind of weird sort of feeling each other out stilted conversation that you have with someone that you're just meeting but at the same time they somehow manage to still sell an instant like familiarity and and comfort and ease and chemistry with each other that like it's interesting it's really interesting to watch um to watch that and to like contrast like the out loud parts with the like not out loud parts. Yes. <laughs> they do really great with the not out loud parts. Yeah. Yeah. I know. We true. We do stand these actresses. They're <laughs> We do they're really good in this. It's they're they're wild. great. It really is. It's very Well, and it's and I think sometimes that's the part that's you know, I mean, yeah. look, like I I'm not going to say every every example is as bad as like Katherine Heigl. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> but that as the extreme opposite end of like someone who just cannot in any way convincingly make you believe that they have any attraction or chemistry with their romantic lead. Like this is at the far other end of that spectrum. And it's nice, you know, it is. It is. It is. Oh, especially when you have I mean, it's it's a well it is it is a well shot film. It's a well acted film. But it is a low budget film. Yeah. You know, so like especially when you have that chemistry is everything when like you don't. Yeah, it'll make up for a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it is. It's amazing. So, yes, they do. They meet at the adoption center and then they meet again at the celebrity event, which (laughs) just Tyler is also like pushing them together uh, Tyler's like booking them a damn honeymoon suite just about he is unstoppable he I is, love it oh my god no and shame that man yes, no shame no shame at all and they are like continuously trying to find reason like they didn't expect to see each other at the celebrity event to be fair but they are continuously trying to find excuses to see each other again which I'm also like you you women just like we're just really good friends and then besties we, then we have like the most intense love montage are you ready to shop Rakuten's big give week is back get 15% back at hundreds of stores and it's all happening this week May 6th to May 13th it's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer like clothing outdoor gear and travel I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like hotels.com Rakuten really is the best way to shop and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals plus during big give week that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. 
R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ever seen. Here's the thing that I, the one thing that I will say about this movie that I still laugh about is I cannot for the life of me get any handle on how much time passes through any portion of this movie. Not a single clue. Like, as far as I know, this could all be, like, the fastest U-Haul in history, or she could have been cheating on her husband for, like, eight months. Like, I have 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 no no idea. idea because there's a lot of montage scenes that are hard to follow. Because, like, they have some of these montages where, like, the picnic is where is they all go out to a picnic with Peyton and, like, the kids are there and stuff, right? That scene wrecked me i was like (laughs) the kids were there right like that is the thing where i'm like you like you really are acting like this in front of your children and i mean your son but if you think you think this is normal you think this is just a friend of yours and you are and how long would it yeah how long would it have to have to have been for you to feel like that's something that you could play off, you know, like you can't bring your brand new bestie out with your whole family and be like, this is totally fine. This you just like fit right in the mix. It's like that's the kind of thing that I feel like you could get away with when it's like we've been best friends for six months and everybody knows her. And I like that's why I think the timing of it all. I have a I have no real handle on. I have I don't either, to be honest. So we'll never know. Um, if you have thoughts, uh, let someone, us know. Tweet at us and please. tell us how long you think this movie <laughs> takes place over. Send us the timeline. Great. We need to know. Um, but yeah, the picnic scene is a lot. They are touching. They are like just constantly. There's so much gaze. smoldering eye contact. So much, so much eye contact. Yeah. That's why I'm like, this is like the, the blueprint for every like lesbian longing film after this. But like they did it so well. Speaking of the eye contact, can we talk about their photo shoot? The photo shoot is so intense. So, yes, let's talk about the photo shoot. This Hit is me. this is like the precursor to to the painting scenes in yes. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, right? Yes. I'm just going to fix your fix your hair. Just let me Why don't you just look over here? This is fine. Well, actually, wait. It's like super close to that scene. Right? Because during the scene, during the painting scene in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, isn't she asking her about the other girls she's painted? Yeah. And in the photography scene, Elena She's is, like, how is, do you how do you know? How would you know? <clears throat> how do you know? 
How do you know if you're uh, a giant raging homosexual? <laughs> also, this reminds me, there's this guy on TikTok who has this whole like series. He keeps saying different it, it in a different way. But he's like, straight people don't think about being gay because they're not gay. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and he's like, if you're thinking about being gay, you are. Who did we just who did we just say that was one of the Spice Girls? Was it like Mel yes. B? Who was it that you just said where you're like, <laughs> if you think you might be a lesbian, like you chase your dreams. Are. Yeah, like sporty <laughs> spice. Like if you think about if you think it believe all, in your dreams. You probably are. Um, but that's what's happening here with Elena, right? She's like, Oh, well, how would I really know? Like, you know. Say you haven't kissed another woman, but like you think about it a lot. What would that mean to you? What would that mean? <laughs> Say you really just can't stop touching your best friends. Say your husband makes you want to recoil in disgust, and yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what could this possibly mean? Please help me. We we will never know. Um, I love to. I mean, they play the scene so well. Elena is blushing so hard. She, like, she destroys her equipment. Like, at a certain point, she's, like, messing with the lights and the lighting and everything. It's just, it's so perfectly done. Yeah. The tension between the two of them is just, it's perfect. But, yeah, Elena just keeps getting more curious about being gay there's even, like, there's so many more scenes after that, too, where she just keeps asking Peyton. Oh, my God. All about, like, she keeps asking Peyton. She asks Tori. I'm like, oh, so, Elena, what are you doing? You're asking your son's girlfriend about the lesbians at her high school? And you don't... And also, like, tripping over yourself in the... Pro like, she... Isn't that with the scene where she's cooking and she's, yes. like, throwing the spoon all, all across the kitchen and stuff? She's like, lesbians? Ha! ha, ha. What? <laughs> Never heard of them. <laughs> Never heard of them. She's so awkward. Like, so awkward. So, yeah, we have a lot of, like, foreshadowing of Elena's journey here. And then finally, Peyton gets her big lesbian pants on. And she decides she's going to tell Elena they can't be friends anymore because Elena's straight and Peyton's a lesbian. So they can't be friends. And, and also, I want to bone you. I mean, yeah. like, come on. And if Elena doesn't give the most straight woman in love with a lesbian response she could ever give. I cannot. She's like, but I want to give all of me to you. Don't not, take you away from me. Don't oh my take God. You away from me. Like, and Jesus. She literally says, you can take, take me, take me, take all of me. But just Girl, not that. get it together. <laughs> like, so get much. it together. Pull it together, Elena. God. It, it is, it's, it is a lot. And this is, the thing I do love about this scene is like, Peyton, this casting, like, this scene is so believable of just like the absolute useless lesbian who is like, oh, okay. <laughs> I know. She's like, I'm, I'm going to do the right thing. Oh, don't do the. Okay. Don't do the right thing. I know, <laughs> and like, you're I'm, like, yes. I'm going to set boundaries. And then she's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. You, they're, they're gone. Hashtag relatable content it right is. there. <laughs> it's so relatable. That whole conversation is so relatable. I'm like this poor lesbian but also like not this poor lesbian because 
she, you know, she's, she said her piece and I will give it to her. She communication. She's being honest. She's telling her friend how she feels. And then, you know, it does not take Elena very long. Like, they're on the phone. Again, like the, time frame. Time frame wishy no washy, but. On the phone, and she's like, I want you now. And Elena is very assertive for a uh, first time. First time. Elena coming out the gate <laughs> as a top. I'm here for it. <laughs> long time listener, first time caller. I don't know. Um, <laughs> literally what elena is she's like I've been can we please make months. a shirt that just says that with no context and <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I've been why doing- is that so funny to me <laughs> because it's literally what she is she's been like planning she's been planning and plotting this for like uh, however long she's known peyton um in this we don't know in this weird time frame uh but yeah she's very assertive she comes in and she knows what she wants and she just goes for it. And she's clearly been thinking about it a lot because she's like, you taste exactly how I thought you would. I mean, listen, <laughs> listen, that is whew, something yeah. else, man. So- to come in with your like up against the wall in the husky voice and drop that bomb like Jesus, it's- woman. <laughs> It is good. I will stand <laughs> by. I will stand by the intimacy scenes. In this I will. Film. I will stand by it too. This. This is a well done sex scene. This is. It good. Is. It's a great scene. It is so good. I it is. Say- it is a great scene that like it is still dated in that way that like absolutely it harkens back to the L word, oh, the style, so the music, yeah, so the everything, yeah. the outfits themselves place it in a time frame as well. We haven't even talked about the outfits. The freaking flannel vest. <laughs> the, sh- the sleeveless flannel over the tight tank top with the bootcut jeans. I mean, look, this is an era t- unto itself, okay? Like, it is what it is. This is the length it's a classic of ti- look. A classic look. The length of time it took her to pull together that outfit as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that, I mean, that's when she told her she, that's when she told her she had feelings for her. I don't think that's the outfit she's wearing right now. Oh, no, it's probably not. Yeah. But still. But she wears a lot of tight tank tops in this movie. The jeans are 2010. Oh, yeah. Very much so. The jeans, the belt buckle. Yeah. Yep. 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 It is. This is, this is a, a vintage classic look these days, you know, like it wasn't at the time, but it is now. It really is. And, but um, if you but the outfits aside, the the staging, the choreography, the physicality, I'm like I'm here for I'm it. I'm really into it. I will say too, it was in, it was interesting. This is like a continuity thing. Okay, so is this first makeout scene a sex scene? We because okay, there's two things. So we have the scene. It's pretty much all of them making out. Also, fun fact. This scene in 2010 became the longest kissing scene in film wow. history. Wow. And they incredible. In, they did it on purpose. Like they literally Googled, or I don't know what the talking, longest one was. What was the longest kiss scene? And they were like, we're going to do. Wow. A long- Imagine being those actresses and getting told that. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and to be fair, it An is an honor. It is long. I it did notice long. that, but 
that may, I mean, first of all, in the era of that we are in right now, that has left me rather unsatisfied when I'm watching queer sex mm-hmm. scenes where it's like, we kiss for two, for two minutes is not right. We kiss for 15 seconds and it's a blackout and we wake up right. the next morning. And I'm like, where's the scene? This is pretty, pretty freaking good. And that that's if you even get the kiss on screen, you know. True. Oh, my God. A lot of times it's just like, I'm going to soulfully gaze at you as we walk towards the bed and then you fade to black. I mean, yeah. yeah I can't. But so so there's this scene where you mostly just see them make out. Then you have a scene later where Elena says, make love to me, Peyton. And that scene, it seems as though Peyton is saying to her, she says, if we go there, there's no going back. So I think the first scene that we see is just them making out. But is that like a different day? I think it's a different day. Oh, is it? Okay. Maybe I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it's a different day because... They're going over some photos or something. Again, this is what I'm saying. It's like the whole time frame of how long this affair lasts. Very we vague don't. to me. Yeah, it's, it is quite vague. So I'm pretty sure the, then, then this scene we get where, you know, we have, we have nakedness. We have lots of touching, lots of mm-hmm. slow admiring of each other's body. Elena comes out swinging again. Yes. No, well, that's, they have three, there's three sex scenes. Sorry, I'm getting them all confused. Yes, I just watched it today, which is why. I know, you. it's fresher I, in your mind. You're doing better I than really I am. I have those sex scenes in my brain. Do not <laughs> I was worry. like, I watched it today, we re- rewound a couple times, it's fine. Yes, I watched it today and I watched those sex scenes many, many times. The first scene is them making out where they're going, like, on, on the different couches. Yes, yeah. The second scene is where she's like, make love to me, Peyton. And we get this like very dramatic, dark, naked scene, lots of touching, like, like, it's very artistic. Is that the I don't want to go back scene? That's the I don't want to go okay. back scene. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This I'm cl- They're clarifying in my mind again. And then the third big sex scene is when Elena really takes control. Boy, does she. And she goes down on Peyton and we get to experience that from Peyton's perspective. And that scene is <laughs> like I'm saying, there's a lot of stuff that I feel like this film set a precedent for. Yeah. Like I think about um the sex scene from Black Swan. Like is very, I think, similar to this like yep. to this scene where you really see it from the perspective of the person who's receiving the pleasure. Well, and it's just, there's also something about all of their scenes together, I think, that just, I mean, they, like, you know, I know we we joke about hashtag relatable content, but, like, they they resonate, I think, with yes. queer audiences. Like, they feel very they feel, yeah. real, convincing, believable, like, you know, I mean, we've all seen things where you're like, I'm here for it because it's gay, but, like, that's not how... Yeah. It goes. Really? It's, 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 mean, fine. It's, like, it's fine. It's fine. It goes that way for other people, but it yeah. definitely doesn't go that way for me. So I think just in terms of like a broadly general, uh, like, yes. you know, I mean, look, it, fine. You have your, um, uh, what's the one where she baby birds her? What's that movie? 
I knew you were going to bring up baby. I before you even said it, I knew you were going to bring up baby. Of course birding, I am. And it is disobedience. Disobedience because look, here's the thing. It's like, yes, we're here for it and they also had great chemistry and whatever. And I'm not going to say that like nobody does that and if that's your thing, like we're not here to yuck your yum or whatever, but I just feel like as a thing to pick to be like, ah, this will be relatable for all the lesbians. You're like, that's that's what you went with. <laughs> that's what you like, picked. is that what you think we all do? Or like, yeah. I don't, I yeah. don't understand. I like, mean, there's there's many. That's the thing. That's why there's the three sex scenes, and I feel like all of them are different, and all of them show different types of intimacy between these two women, and yeah. all of them feel relatable. Yep, 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 yep. Like that, yeah, the intense couch makeout. There's like, I know I'm like so dramatically about these sex scenes, but I really, I truly stand by them. I think they're very well done. There's like the like, you have Peyton on top and she's like thrusting her hips and you're just like, oh, hell yes. Like this is just like, it's a super lengthy makeout scene. Yeah. Like every part. And that's why I'm saying like, I'm like, I don't know if it's like a sex scene because Then later, we hear, like I said, we hear that, like, make love to me. It seems like it's the first time. And maybe it is the first time they're, like, very, like, fully naked and intimate with each other. But there's another scene even later that's a flashback to the couch scene where I'm pretty sure there's, like, unbuttoning of the pants and the belt buckle and either which could mean sex or could not again who knows i'm not quite sure but yeah so either way it's like a very it's an intense makeout scene it's and i would consider that like a very sexual sensual scene so we'll call it one of their sex scenes but who knows like the the details of what happened (laughs) off camera but yeah who knows what went where that's what we're saying Those sex scenes, honestly, were just so good. Also, the timing for that sex scene, because I wrote it down. The first one that's the longest kissing scene. Three minutes and 24 seconds. Wow. That is that is impressive, actually. Yeah. So, very impressed by that. Well done. Well done, ladies. So, we have our sex scenes, and then after the sex scenes, this, I mean, this is, like, obviously the, the culmination. Yeah, yeah. Of, we can do, like, the quick downfall. Yeah, the quick <laughs> downfall, because, I mean, at this point, the, everything that happened before is what we care about. We have the Hawaii trip. We have um, Elena and Peyton fighting because Peyton does not want Elena to be intimate with her husband, which like that whole that whole thing is like really, really hard for me to to reconcile. And like, I understand it, but I'm also like, you realize like you are you're the illicit partner here. Right. Acting like the husband is. But I also I mean, I understand it. Right. Like. She feels like her relationship with Elena is is if if she's intimate with her husband, then like what does yeah. the relationship mean? But like she I mean, also but still it's has also, husband. But it's also funny because then you're like, okay, look, pa- Pastor Barry, sir, fellas, fellas, when your wife just suddenly stops having sex with you ever uh, and has a super super demanding intimate relationship with her best friend, yeah, like. You should know what's going like, on. Like, maybe maybe take a hint, my man, you yep. know? Yep. So, <laughs> Pastor Barry is, like, really, really clueless. And Nash also is very angry at his father that he's clueless because he finds all of these, like, super erotic letters from Peyton 
to, I mean, they are, from Peyton to Elena. And so Nash knows his mother is sleeping with this woman. Yeah, but Nash put two and two together. Um, Ma- Nash put one and one together and got one, I think. One. So yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, you know, we have all kinds of stuff. Nash, ac- Nash acts out. Elena's sort of realizing, oh, this is tearing apart my family. Yes. Um, obviously. Um, Elena's tower of cards is coming, coming crumbling down. down around her. Peyton also is not really happy with the scenario. So she breaks up with Elena understandable and you know then that sort of is a catalyst for elena to reveal all her affair to her husband stands up for herself starts this divorce then we flash to six months later (laughs) do you want to talk about this (laughs) i feel like this is this is like my only gripe with this movie i think because it's like it's it's heavy-handed at the end here you know like it is really going for like some shock factor and some like emotions and and i just i don't understand it necessarily well i don't understand why so so you're talking about so elena and peyton run into each other in the park again and surprise six months later to be fair elena is Wicked pregnant. Very pregnant. Yeah. Like not just like, like a month super pregnant. pregnant. Like super pregnant. Yeah. Like six months pregnant? Question mark? Uh I mean five months. They don't they don't really make it clear exactly how far along she is. But yeah, it's like it's been like not a ton of time to be like, I'm getting a divorce. And my gay best friend who's married to a woman is just gonna like throw some sperm at me and like now I'm pregnant with a baby and it's like yeah, it's, it's it's fast. Very it's rushed. Like a lot happened in a very short time, and like somehow they didn't like haven't had any contact whatsoever. And it's also like I just the thing that I think was funny to me is like after a whole movie where like everything felt very believable and very real to me, it seemed weird that you would like run into someone right away and like. I feel like if you were in that situation where you were like, here's where we left things and here's how I feel about you and here's me now running into you out of the blue with, like, a giant bump, belly thing, like, I just feel like you would immediately be like, I can explain what is happening and it is not what you think. And she doesn't do that. And so I'm just like, why not? Why? Why aren't you doing that? Do that. Say the words. Say the things that you, like, have to know. Well, she faints. She literally faints. I know, but that's the thing is it's just like, it's a little over-the-top dramatic, you know? It is quite over-the-top dramatic. It's super dramatic. And it's not like I'm against over-the-top dramatic. It's just, it was like, I feel like a lot of the rest of the movie, I was like, totally, buy it. Yeah, you say that. Sure, you be weird and be like, I think gays are great when you're in that situation. I didn't, I don't necessarily buy that, like, you wouldn't immediately be like, I'm divorced and this is not his baby and I'm just having a baby. Yeah. Ha. Like, I don't know. I feel like those would be like the first words out of your mouth, you know? Yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense. I I mean, obviously, like, I do appreciate that they're like, let's give them a happy ending. But I do feel like you could have just had a a, a normal happy ending. Like, you could have yeah. had, you could have had, you know, Alana gets divorced, right? And then she calls Peyton once she's like sort of worked through some stuff and is like, 
it's over. I love you. I've only ever loved you. And then yeah. they have this joyful reunion. Well, and, then and it's maybe- also, it's weird to me that it's like, I have to divorce my husband because I am very clearly gay and in love with this woman. And so, like, I'm going to divorce my husband. And then, pause, gotta get knocked up first. It makes, <laughs> like, that's the thing. I'm like, anyone going through a divorce would not be like, hey, right now, while I have filed for divorce and I'm in the process of being getting divorced, you know what would be great? Let me actively have a baby. Like, it's not an accident. Well, and while in the process of filing for divorce, because I am in love with this one specific human person who is out in the world, like, I don't know, it's just the whole motivation of it feels weird to me. Like, I don't quite get it. I also don't like there was something about like, again, situations that felt very believable to me through most of the movie. And then suddenly you have the these scenes at the end where it's like, I feel like other people are kind of hovering around these conversations that I'm like, I feel like you would be like, OK, I'll, I'll be over here. You guys talk, you know, like, I don't know. I just feel like they have a lot of conversation with like Tyler and Wave, like sitting there, you know, and you're just like, guys, like maybe... Maybe You're clear, like, why are you still here? Clear out a little bit, you know? So, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it, yes, it's fine. It's cute. I like the happy ending. I just, there was suddenly so many things all at once, like, on top of each other that I was a little bit like, what? It wrapped up very strangely. Like, I yes. was I was screaming when I saw her pregnant. <laughs> I was like, this is not right. Um, also, just more examples of film setting unrealistic expectations for like how quickly you get pregnant once you start trying. Just throwing that out there. It's fine. Yeah, it didn't. It was. And that takes a th- couple tries on average. OK, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That it's not was, one and done. Yeah. But I mean, let's besides the fact that that was so freaking weird. We do have, you know, a nice happy ending, which always appreciate, you know, they're together they're in love, they've communicated through some stuff, and, you know, from the beginning, they both wanted to have a child, and now they do have a child that they're raising together, and that is very sweet. It is. But I also am, like, you could have, like, not had that weird pregnancy thing, and you could have just, because Peyton just got approved for adoption as well. Yeah. So, like, it could have just been like, okay, they meet up again and, and Peyton had gotten approved for an adoption and now they're, you know, co-parenting this child together that right. Peyton adopted. Like, well, and it's like, you know me, ever the practical person, because I'm like, uh, immediately, like, my thoughts were going in so many directions. And I'm like, wait a minute. So, like, you're having this baby that Tyler is the father. Like, is Peyton okay with that? Like, you didn't, you know you're in love with this woman. You didn't want to, like, have any conversation with her about, like, starting yes. a family. How would you want to do that? Who would be a donor? Are you comfortable having a known donor? Like, any of that stuff. Similarly, what happens with Peyton's adoption now? Because, like, what are you going to do if you move in together like are you that affects your adoption thing like you can't like entering into a wildly new relationship is going to affect your like ability to adopt like especially if you have another kid on the way I'm just like is that all getting put on hold is she okay with that like it just sort of made this big mess at the end of the movie that I was like wait a minute I logistically I have a lot of qu- we're gonna need some binders okay yes <laughs> like, no, I need I... some binders and some color-coded tabs for us to like organize everything together in here because like this is not all actually that easy like there's a lot of questions to talk about 
they created a lot, like a lot, a lot of, a lot, a lot of mess. You're correct. When like it could have just been wrapped up in a normal rom com. Yeah, and it would have it would have seemed rom commy and and trite and whatever to just be like, oh, we got back together, let's have a baby. <laughs> like yeah. I get it, I get that like that's not how like clean cut and easy and straightforward life always is. Fine, but it felt like a little unnecessarily complicated. I don't know. The pregnancy was like the weirdest thing that's ever happened, but it's okay. Uh, let's not overthink it they end happy and everybody's happy it's beautiful beautiful. so i feel like we i mean we did a pretty good job i think actually of covering most of the things that i wanted to talk about about this film there were a few other things that i actually had not really noticed that i thought were interesting when i was listening to the commentary and that one of those is that peyton has ocd did you notice that in the in the film it features prominently in the song ellie come on (laughs) amazing so that i thought was really cool to have there's the whole scene with the silverware she like can't eat her dinner until wave comes to help her with like her silverware because she just keeps having to like put it back in the right place yeah so there's some really interesting stuff going on there with layers of peyton and working through that nicole Nicole also said that um, a lot of the scenes were shot in her house, like her and Marina's. Actual- Is Peyton's house her house? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. So I thought that was really cool. Another thing that I know I had sort of said before is like I pulled together a lesbian <laughs> film timeline. I'm sorry. Wait, we can you can cut this. But like. Is that the same house that, like, her whole story happened in? Because, like, how funny would it be to make your actors be like, okay, and then why don't you push her down on this chair here? Yeah, and this is where we had sex for the first time, so. <laughs> I don't think this is where everything happened. Uh, I'm I sorry, like but that just made me laugh so much. Honestly, okay. so funny. I don't think Please this is where continue. everything happened. I think it's where they live now together. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, So another thing I needed to do because of the time frame of this film is I really wanted to put together like a timeline of a few other like films we've sort of talked about to get an idea of where this film sets. Yeah. So first of all, like from Nicole Kahn, her first big lesbian film was Claire of the Moon, which was in 1993. So she had been making lesbian films for a very long time when she made Elena Undone. She even said in some interviews that she was like, I'm done making lesbian movies. Um, But she really wanted to make this film because she was like, I don't want to make any lesbian films except for our love story. Because Marina. That's cute, though. Yeah. And Marina was when Marina came out, she was like, why isn't there more lesbian movies for me to watch? And Nicole was like, you know what, honey, I'll make you one. Oh, I love that, though. I think it's really sweet. I do. I think it's really nice. I had so I had, 93 and 93. then yeah, get us through the what's the, we got to place this like where in the lesbian zeitgeist of the exactly. early 2000s does this fall? Yes. So 1996 was when Bound was made. I had to throw that in there because I do feel like I really like the sex scenes yeah. in Bound. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, what was the timeline of like when lesbian sex scenes were good? Um, <laughs> the L word came out in 2004. So they feel like it makes sense that there's a lot of, like, callbacks to that. The kids are all right, which, 
Lee and I have chatted about, and you'll hear us talk about it in our next episode, came out the same year as this. Wow, that was 2010, 2010. too? Oh, wow. There so, is a world of difference, huh? There's a lot of difference right between this like main, more mainstream film and this low-budget lesbian yeah. film that's like made by and for lesbians. So I find that really fascinating. And then Blue is the Warmest Color came out in 2013, and I put that on because there was a very long yes, sex scene. Yes, indeed. In Blue is the Warmest Color. I'm not sure if it beat the record. I would have to research that. But that was in 2013, and I do feel like there are some hints of Elena Undone. To be fair, I actually really don't like the, the sex scene in Blue is the Warmest Color. My own personal preference. Sorry, anyone who loves it. And then Carol came out in 2015, and I mentioned carol because i feel like carol was the start of yeah the period piece the period piece was the start of more mainstream funding for Mm -hmm. lesbian films now a very important cultural touchstone that you missed though ellie 2015 also the year jenny's wedding came out (laughs) (laughs) also jenny's wedding i'm so sorry i missed you um just to really, yeah. really wrap this all up for us to get, you know, just really tie it all tie in it a all. pretty knot so that we know where yes. it sits. Uh, that's it. Okay. Thank you for that. I'm so You're sorry. Welcome. I forgot that. And I just stopped around 2015 because I just wanted like, you know, five years after feels like, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that obviously has happened in the past six years of cinema. But I feel like that gives you an idea of where we're where we're placing this film. Also, because we did talk a lot about like the political landscape and like the actual time frame that this was happening, there's a lot of talk about gay marriage. In 2004, gay marriage was legalized in Massachusetts, which was the first state in the United States to legalize gay marriage. This comes out six years later. And then in 2008, Prop 8 was passed, which they talk about in the film. I'm guessing it's set in California because obviously they talk a lot about that. Um, So that's two years before this film was came out and then gay marriage was legal across the entire united states in 2015 so well 2015 is when they repealed doma yeah yeah when carol came out when carol came out and jenny's (laughs) wedding carol and jenny's wedding came out the same year they repealed doma yes doma which was passed in like way back in like 96 or something so doma was passed a while back and then and then that's what was repealed in 2015. Yes. So that's our timeline. And, and that's when we all didn't have to do the clusterfuck of our taxes anymore. It was a tremendous year. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I remember when that happened. I was on I was on Cape Cod for the summer and my girlfriend was living in New York. And I drove from Cape Cod to New York. To Did you? Her that night. Yeah, because I was wow. like, this is so exciting. Um, I, like, I, I wanna, remember I that. I want to be gay tonight. It was the first year. It was right when, it was the year Kelsey and I moved out to California. And it was our first Pride. And it happened, it was pretty close that it got repealed. It was like. Yeah, it was not, over the summer. Yeah, it was over the summer. And so it must have happened like the week or two weeks before our first San Francisco Pride out here and doma gets repealed and then you have pride and it was yeah that was a fun year incredible but yeah so i thought it was really important to like give the cultural and the historical context of 2010 always important (laughs) we need to know where to place those tight tank tops okay it's very very important 
I also wanted to talk about before we wrap up our documentary couples because we didn't really talk too much about them. Sure. So what did you think of the documentary couples, Lee? Oh, they're all cute. I mean, you know me. I'm a, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for the stories. I'm just, yes. I'm here for all of them. They're all adorable. I love them. They're so cute. Uh, my favorite were the nun and Jackie. I don't know the, yeah. um, I don't know the nun's name, but I just remember her talking about Jackie. I just thought they were so sweet. They are cute. I think my favorite are the, the first ones, the two, the two dudes with like the, like they were in school together and then he like sees them at an airport and I was like, oh, oh I know. They were cute. So sweet. I love it. But yes. Overall, what are our thoughts on Elena Undone? A, cl- a classic. A Les Central. I, a Les you gotta Centrals. watch it. It truly is a Les Centrals. I, chemistry off the charts. Sex scenes off the charts. It definitely places itself in its time. So yeah. understand that before you watch it. But but I think it's still... But that's up. also an important education for the baby gays of today. You know? Agreed. Baby gays educate yourselves with Elena <laughs> Undone. There you go. All right, Lee. I think it's time for our Q&A. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Q, 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 and, 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 and. All right, our first question. Do you believe in twin flames? Yes or I, no? I do. I do. Beautiful. I have to, you know? You have to. Question two, Ellie. Did you come out later in life? Depends what you mean by later in life, but I'm going to probably say no, because I did not come out after I was married to a man and had children. Maybe I, maybe I should rephrase that to, did you come out after getting married and having children? I'm sorry. I just read these questions. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) All right. Question number three, Lee, here we go. What's the longest you've ever made out with someone without taking a break? Pass. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, go ahead. Hit me. Okay. I'll change this. this actually. Hold on. A, three minutes and 24 seconds. <laughs> B, 30 minutes. C, an hour. Or D, three hours or more. Uh, I'm I'm going to have to go D. <laughs> Nicely. <laughs> Look, you lesbians, know, college, you man. just didn't have that much else to do. It's fine. I know. Lesbians, honestly, all day. Love and it. all night, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, question four. What's your favorite lesbian sex scene in a movie? This is like an attack question for you, Ellie. I know. Um, a, Elena Undone. B, Blue is the Warmest Color. C, Bound. Or D, Carol. But really, I'm surprised you didn't put Ammonite on here. Ammonite is a great sex scene. but it's I like, know. T- to me, everything around it was too boring to me that like... <laughs> I can't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, it's a full package for me, but it was a good sex scene. I, this is tricky. This is tricky. I think I'm going to say Bound. I really love the sex scene in Bound. That's fair. I don't think there's a, a, there's a wrong answer. No, there's so many. I mean, and to be fair, I'll probably like after this text you and be like, wait, this one, but. (laughs) Baby birding. I mean. Yeah, please also leave us. I want to just know what people's favorite sex scenes are in lesbian movies. So leave them in, on our Twitter. All right. Question number five, Lee. Which character do you most identify with? Elena, Peyton, Tyler, or Tori? Oh, wow. I feel like the real answer is Peyton. And it's not just because I was of an age where I feel like I have worn very similar outfits to the bootcut jeans with the belt and the tight tank top. Yep. Um, but I think characteristics... I probably share the most with Peyton, you know? 
I get it. I totally. <laughs> I see that for you. I uh, thought you does might that say, age me? Oh no. No, I thought you might say Tori too. I feel like like with all the fun facts and the like I and can the see re- that and the research. I know? feel like high school me would have answered Tori yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. Remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q and Gay questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. We also, for all of our Les Essentials, have to go over our drinking game rules. As always, please drink responsibly. <laughs> please don't and- die. And make sure you live tweet us when you do. Yes. All right. Are you ready, Lee? I am so ready for these. Here are our drinking game rules. I'm very excited about these ones. Rule number one. Every time they talk about twin flames. Two. Every time you see a new documentary couple. They're so cute. So you're going to have to drink a few times for that. Three. Anytime Tori says one of her beautifully researched facts. Four. Anytime Peyton is swimming in her pool. Five, anytime Elena and Peyton are too obvious in front of other people. Oh, man, that's a rough one. Shout out to when they make out on the bridge in the park and don't think someone's going to find out. We didn't talk about that. Oh, my God, Millie. Drinking rule number six, take a shot during the longest makeout scene. I'm so I feel like you've grown as a person, Ellie, for not making them waterfall that scene. I know. I'm, I'm proud of you. Waterfalling for three minutes and 24 seconds. That would be that would be a lot. A lot. Uh, seven. Anytime Elena asks Peyton about, oh, uh, how do you how do you know you're gay? You know, lots of lots of questions about being gay. <laughs> and the final one. <laughs> anytime Millie wants, anytime Millie makes you want to throw her through a wall. So every time Millie's on screen, drink. Got <laughs> so it. anytime Millie's on screen, please, please, please drink responsibly. But and I'm tell really us all about ex- it. I'm really, really excited for this one for all of you. Let me hear you say hip, 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 we're gay. We love hearing from you and building community, so we want to shout out some of our favorite things each episode. And I would like to personally shout out Raven, who sent us a lovely email as a baby gay who has discovered the podcast and said that they felt very, very seen by our Tangled Up in You episode with Lauren Duca. So thank you so much for reaching out, Raven. We always love hearing from you, and we're so happy that you're out and happier than ever. That makes us very happy. We also want to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons who have been with us for, some of these people have been with us for for a very long time. So thank you all. And our first Lesbian Jesus patron is Mark Foster, Jess Klaus, Tanya Ferguson, Jacqueline Rose Nishino, Sarah and Julia, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Danny Gunlock-Tamora, Brittany Ray, Alana Rosen, Tara Gleason, and Lizette Stye. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Liz Chen, Evelyn Smith, and River Penzo. Thank you all so much. We could not keep doing this podcast without you and all of our patrons. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. You can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you subscribe. That way you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up. You can also subscribe to The Flame, an original podcast musical, on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search The Flame Podcast Musical and you will find it. 
We also still have videos going up on our YouTube channel. Make sure that you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to catch those. If you want to support the podcast, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It helps other people find the podcast. And we love hearing what you have to say. If you want to support us financially, you can join our Patreon. You get access to all sorts of cool stuff like that Discord channel or our watch parties or uh, game nights, all sorts of fun stuff. And we have a blast. You can find it at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We also have a Patreon for The Flame, so if you're interested in hearing more about the musical, seeing some behind the scenes, getting some early drops of some of the songs, you should check out that Patreon as well. You can find it at patreon.com slash theflamemusical. If you want to get some Les Hangout merch, you can get that at bit.ly slash shop. We have 35% off the shop this week, so make sure you check that out. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. Let's hang out. In my dreams, I have a perfect situation. Everything in its place All the stars are in their perfect constellations Burning up in space Keeping me going in the right direction Helping me see beyond the imperfections I'm losing control Temptation at a safer distance